Welcome to the Healthy Perspective Podcast with your host, chiropractor, entrepreneur, mentor, and author, Dr. Chris Bowman. He'll break down and extract the secret sauce behind his own success and the success of some of the top leaders in every category and from around the world. Get ready for your weekly mental adjustment because shift is going to happen. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Healthy Perspective podcast. I am so excited to bring you from Australia, all the way around the world from me. I guess I don't know where you're listening, but it's really always fun for me to bring people in that aren't around my area. It gives me a marvel for technology, even though we had a lot of technical issues (laughs) prior to recording this. Uh, But being able to talk face-to-face in real time, about things that matter. Um, This is Bessie Graham. Um, She focuses on helping entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and ultimately just people like you and me find their purpose before actually going out and experiencing burnout, working too hard, and and helping to make other people's lives better. Really finding that or marrying that that purpose of like, I want to help other people, but I also want my life to be in a sense, sorted and, and figured out, not that we can figure out our lives, you know, completely, but at least have a hold on what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. So that way I don't burn out and really maybe lead other people astray. Um, so Bessie, thank you so much for joining me. Sorry for the technical issues. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Thank you. No, it's great to, uh, to be able to have this exploration. Cause as you said, I think so often we compartmentalize these aspects of our lives. And, and so the opportunity to talk about it and bring them back together is quite powerful. So why don't you just uh, kind of start from the beginning? You know, who were you before this work? What was that catalyst moment that kind of transitioned to you? It's like, man, I this is something that I want to pursue, you know, for the rest of my life, or at least dedicate a large portion of my life to. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting when you talk about that that idea of dedicating our lives to something or what is that work? Because I think for me, a big driver and certainly a, a personal core value of mine is around that idea of legacy. So how do we contribute mm. to something bigger than ourselves? It's not right. just about our own progression or moving up the ladder, if you like, but it is about contribution and, and leaving a mark on the world, leaving it better than you found it. Right. And for me, the, the reality is that when you think in those kind of uh, timeframes, they're big picture ideas. So none of that happens quickly. That is over the course of our life. And COVID has kind of allowed this reflection in the last two years. Um, We here in Australia, particularly in Melbourne, where I live, have had very intense lockdowns and, and it's really shifted and changed how I've been able to work and operate. So I've looked back at the last 20 years of my career and then done a projection forward and, and really had the chance to say, okay, if I'm going to work as hard in the next 20 years, what do I want that to look like? Mm-hmm. So just to give give you a bit of context, the previous 20 years for me has always been around trying to figure out um, I'm not someone who fits neatly in one box. So okay. are you a business person or are you about social justice or uh, do you think government has a role to play? I've always been both from a, an intellectual or academic perspective. I've studied and loved all those things. I have a you know, everything from studied politics, international relations to a master's in counterterrorism. I love um, a whole range of different things. But I also am someone who was brought up with a really strong sense of social justice and and the the idea that that to whom much is given, much is expected, and how are you going to contribute? But I am an entrepreneur. So I'm kind of this 
I always said I'm a walking contradiction. I've got yeah. all these pieces that that make up who I am. And so it's been this interesting aspect of the way I've dealt with that in the last 20 years is to really look for those opportunities of what we would call cross-sector collaboration. And I've been in the impact investment space. So saying, what is the role of uh, business to actually make the world a better place? What is the role that government plays in that? And what is the role of the charitable sector? So how do we bring those things together? So I've passionately kind of spent my time and energy trying to build conditions where business can contribute in ways beyond just making profit. Profit is important for sustainability. But it's not the only driver. So that's sort of been, I've built uh, an incubator and worked with enterprises across Australia and the Pacific and, and worked with governments, businesses, et cetera, to kind of figure out those overarching at a system level, the conditions that help mm. small and medium enterprises flourish, mm. but always with that focus on and how are they contributing? What's the value they're adding? How are they making um, from a social or an environmental perspective? How are they making a difference? So that's sort of been the last 20 years, incredibly important and Mm -hmm. and done some amazing work in that Mm -hmm. field. But when I look at the lessons learned and now project forward into that, okay, what is the next 20 years? Over and again, I see at that level of business owners or leaders jumping into, you know, they've got a vision or a passion for something and they jump into trying to lead others or build out a new business or an intervention somewhere Mm -hmm without having really done their own personal work. Mm. And we all know that, you know, you have to lead yourself before yep. you lead others. Right, right. Put the and mask so on I, yourself before you put exactly it on others Exactly, the, the oxidant. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, it's that interesting piece of saying, when I look at the pieces that we've worked really hard on, but that have ended up feeling disappointing because they don't have the social impact they could have had, or the, you know, it falls apart at the last minute, I've realised that actually the best use of my time is to find those established leaders who want to Mm. contribute in the world Mm. and help them at that level of coaching and figuring out their own core values, what that vision is, what success looks like for them, because it's it's different for each of us. And so that's kind of been that shift of taking my experience in the leadership space, my experience across uh, impact investment, capacity building and capability Mm -hmm. development Mm -hmm. for businesses, but with that focus on how do we actually make the world a better place and really the common theme for us is bringing back together the ideas of doing good and making money. What, right. what do they look like when they're integrated and right. not two completely separate ideas? Right. And, and not even just separate, but almost polarized. Yes. You have to pick one. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, so how, did you, how do you do this work? You know, at this point, people are like, yeah, you know, I've always loved working for nonprofits because of, you know, what they mm-hmm. what they can do for people. However, you know, I might be able to work at a higher capacity if I didn't have to worry about where my payroll or if I wasn't always asking for people for money and mm-hmm. I could just do the yeah. work that I want to do. How do you kind of marry those two things together? How do you walk people through really what I would guess is more of like a transformational experience where you go from, you know, thinking about here's uh, solely what needs to be done, what's lacking in other people's lives and really being able to shine a light on maybe I'm doing this because of a lack of my own. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you've hit it on the head there (laughs) because the so often when people come to us in that capacity of from a business perspective, it it starts with them in the same way we do as individuals saying um, the problem here is access to capital. So if I could 
get some investment, it would fix all the problems. Yeah. Same goes um, for us as individuals. We often misname what the actual problem is. Mm. And so we think if I solve this, everything else will fall into place. Mm-hmm. And in a business context, as an impact investor myself and someone who's very much across that world of the combination of whether something's a grant or an investment, what does that look like? I know and you know that if there's a problem in our business and we're bleeding, putting more money in will just make you hemorrhage quicker. Like that we've got to address the actual issues of why this business model isn't stacking up. So let's bring that back to us as individuals then. The same thing is true. If there's this fundamental belief in us, either conscious or unconscious, that I have to choose or that making money is actually either wrong or makes me uncomfortable or that there's there's something that you need to be a bit cautious about once something becomes profitable or if we have a sense that the only way I can contribute is to give everything away or to do um, to work for a, a charitable organisation. That's a mindset, that's a belief that we have that we have to actually unpack. Now, we may choose like any mindset or belief. We may unpack it and reflect on it and go, no, I do believe this. This is, you know, central to who I am and, and proceed. But too often what I see with leaders and business owners is that there hasn't actually been the questioning or reflection to even understand what that underlying belief is. Mm. So it's coming back to this mindset and saying, can these things coexist? Am I being uh, black and white and one-dimensional about something that's actually quite complex and, and nuanced? And is there a relationship I'm misunderstanding here? So, for example, that whole challenge that so many people feel or experience around they may have thought in choosing their career path that like I'm driven to really contribute and make a difference in people's Mm -hmm. lives so I'll go down the path of either starting a charitable organization or working for one but then they hit a certain point and they think oh I have a sick child or my kids need to go to college and I don't know how to pay for that now I have to go and get a real job to earn that money. Right. If if we in society and as business owners and those running these organisations had worked through our own issues around money and around how, you know, what business's role is and the comfort we have with the merging of doing good and making money, mm-hmm. we could run charitable organisations that were unapologetic about the value they're creating in society and what that needs to charge. Right. We could stop connecting in our minds that if someone is running or working for a charity, they should not be paid very well because they're trying to right. help. They take away from other. It's like yeah. th- those things. We have to question that, and I see right. that across the board. This discomfort with money that isn't questioned. Now we also don't want to be greedy and mm-hmm. drive down that road. But again, why do we flip between the extremes and think it's totally this way yeah. or totally that? That that's I think the so it comes back to that mindset and actually helping someone work through what are those issues for them, um, what are they uncomfortable with and why. And that's why for me, those pieces always start with understanding your own core values. Yeah. What does that look like? And then from that place of deeply understanding yourself, you're able to put that in a broader context that says, so I always talk about it sort of first step is uniquely you. You have Mm -hmm. to understand yourself. But then we don't want to stay there. That's right. not satisfying. And from no. a legacy point of view, that doesn't do it for me at right. least. Right. So then it's kind of bigger than you. What's that context you operate in? And then legacy is even bigger picture mm-hmm. and sort of saying, 
okay, this sits within a big system. What do I want to be part of contributing to in the world? And that requires you to have a vision, have an ability to articulate that and know what your unique role is in contributing to that big picture. Yeah, that's so good. You know, and, and it, what it sounds like to me is you just ask people questions that they may have not have asked themselves probably due to either a, a cultural bias, you know, maybe their, mm-hmm. their parents were, you know, worked for this people or they're hurt by an organization or they've always had money. And so they felt maybe even though it was never their judgment from people because they, they had money. And so they don't want to not have any because they, you know, want to give, yeah. you know, not be associated scarcity with- or fear or whatever it is. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I love that perspective that you bring where it's like m- money, money isn't even an entity. Like money is a symbol, mm-hmm. you know, so it's reprogramming the way you even think about money. And once money becomes a symbol to you, then there's no lack of it. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the more, the more you put out what that symbol represents, the more that symbol will be representative of you. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? It's not this, the more I cut throat, the more I try to take this entity, yeah. you know, um, how do you kind of guide people through um, maybe that, that transition of like, I've never had any money and now I have some, I feel like I'm not doing something right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, I feel yeah. like I shouldn't, I shouldn't have it or, you know, whatever, how yes. can you, cause I know that's probably a, maybe a more of a rare client, but like, how, how would you work through that yeah. with somebody? No, I mean, it's actually not because we have this tendency in life. You know, we get to either major milestones or big transitions in our life. And we've all just been through a massive transition with COVID. So there are a lot of people questioning or reflecting on, huh, if you looked on a piece of paper or if you looked on my LinkedIn profile, you know, you could tick all the boxes. I'm incredibly successful. I've done all the things. But when people reach that you know, point of transition or milestone, they can say, this actually doesn't feel fulfilling. It doesn't mm. feel satisfying. Mm. This is not what I thought my life would be. So for a lot of people, there is that, that point of reflection and going, hmm, okay, what else? There has to be more to it than this. Right. And so whether that is driven from the the money side or just from that purpose and meaning, that is actually very common. Mm. So if anyone's feeling that, you're not alone and uh, certainly not unique in that experience. But at the level of how we help shift someone's thinking from a money perspective, I go back to the the old biblical concept of time, talent and treasure. Mm -hmm. So for any of us, you don't just have the, it's not like your only way of contributing is money. Right. You have all these skills and experience that you've developed right. over the years. You have your time. How are you spending that? Even at the level of treasure and the money category, we have different ways we can do that. So you can give and, and be generous with no expectation of return with some of your treasure. But you also need to be wise and a good steward of that money and think about some of that treasure from a perspective of investment. And it's not selfish or wrong to be thinking about your future and your family's future and and actually investing wisely the money you do have. So, again, in all of the work I do, part of the shift is the opening up of our minds to think bigger about what it is we actually have at our disposal. Because so often when we fall into that scarcity mindset, 
and the desperate grabbing of unless I get as much cash mm-hmm. as I can and you miss out and it's mine, like we do the I win or you win. Yes. If it's a zero-sum game, right. then as you said, we drive, um, we set a tone, we bring a kind of energy and that is very different to someone who is open and and feels like, you know, has more of what Carol Dweck would talk about as that growth mindset that there's not a desperation and a fixed aspect right. to it, but we're thinking bigger. And I, something like, so we we talk about it as the three T's method, but that time, talent, treasure is a really helpful way to sit back and look at your life and go, how am I allocating those aspects and those resources or that capital assets, whatever word you want to use, how am I doing that in a way that aligns with my values? Because my argument would be, if we don't know that first piece, you can be doing what others would find satisfying or what your parents or your colleagues or your friends think is satisfying. But then you have this internal turmoil because you're thinking I'm doing all the right things and yet I feel lost. And so that is where, like anything in life, there's sequence is important and you need to kind of get foundations in place before you start building other components. Mm -hmm. So it's the building out from a place of understanding your values. But then it is this idea of opening your mind more broadly of what would contribution look like? What does success look like? And how do I then have some of these tools and frameworks to use to actually assess that and be very intentional in, in your life and work moving forward. You know, there's a, I don't know if you know who Jim Carrey is. He's fairly well known around the world, but yeah. um, uh, American comedian. And he said um, something to the effect of like, I wish everybody could become rich and famous to see how like empty it, it really is. If you're counting on that, like for your sole source of happiness, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you can have all the money, you can have all the notoriety and and fame, you can have all the favors. Like I'm sure once you get to that point, you're not paying for much, you know, it's like, it's it's not really worth that much. And I'm sure, you know, people, well, people have, I mean, you look at Robin Williams, you look at, you know, all these different comedians and, and, and well-known people that have entertained and brought joy to so many others yet themselves were so void of it. Um, And I think what you do is is so important because um, it's great to to make an impact in, in other people's lives. Uh, I don't want to you know negate that, but at mm. the end of the day, if if you make impact in other people's lives that you yourself are still unfulfilled, think of how much more impact you could have if you if were you were left j- poured in just as much as those people left feeling poured into. Yeah. Exactly. It's the old kind of concept of giving from a cup that's overflowing. Mm. So whether you use, you know, earlier you use the traditional kind of thing of the mm. put your own oxygen mask on first or the, the concept of film, you know, from a full cup you give, yep. that is exactly the point here because when we are thinking not in short term, if all this was was can I run really hard for the next 18 months, make as much money as possible or as much impact as possible and then fall apart in an mm. exhausted heap? Well, yeah. if that was your aim, yeah, you probably could do that. But all of us know that we we want to have rich, full lives. When we're talking about things that are actually important or complex yeah. in society, that takes time. So anything you're trying to do that is at that level of significance or that's talking about fulfilment over the course of your life, you need to be able to have the energy to sustain it. And that is where this comes in because it's not, you know, it's the old, it's not a, 
a sprint. It's a marathon Mm -hmm. and it's a very long one. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, it's actually incredibly sad when I see, I've seen over and over again, entrepreneurs and business owners who tend to get to the 10 year mark and then they're just done, but they haven't actually built something sustainable from a legacy point of view, when their energy falls out, the whole thing stops because it was not built in a way that could actually sustain beyond right. them. Right. And that's actually really sad because then yeah. you look at it, then it's like you have made sacrifices for your, for your family, for yourself, the time, energy, money that's gone into it. And you can't sit back and see that go on for decades. Right? Right. So this is that shift of sustainability actually is about us as individuals as well. And you will have a more impactful impact on the world from a legacy point of view mm-hmm. if you think more consciously. So it's the old, you have to slow down in order to be yeah. more effective and speed up. Yeah. yeah. I, I had a call um, with one of my mentors this morning. We were kind of re restructuring my like I help um, statement and um, in in context of like the book that I wrote and you know those sort of things Mm -hmm. and and I told them like what what I'm passionate about is a very similar concept that you said where people uh, uh, when uh, I live in a very small business friendly town area it's, it's, it's very little corporate world very much mom and pop small business type of shops and it pains me to see at the end of their life or in crisis the business become the biggest liability rather than their biggest asset. And so we're, we're mm-hmm. talking about, it's like, I help people build their business to be an asset, you know, a legacy asset, rather than yeah. if you die, now the wife or the husband or, you know, the kids are stuck clean with, it up and, mm-hmm. how do we, nobody knows how to make that secret salsa that he did, or, you know, like whatever it yeah. is. Um, but it's like that with our own life too. You know, like if mm-hmm. I, if I die, you know, my wife would be like, well, I mean, hopefully she wouldn't be like, oh, Chris always handled this situation. How, how would he parent here? How would he, how, you know, not that, um, you know, trying to keep me alive, you know, whatever it is, but it's like no, being instilling systems and principles. And like you said, core values into what you do. So that way, when other people catch the vision, it can be sustainable for the long term. And the work that you put into it, is an asset rather than a liability. I think another way to look at it is like a short term, most, I'm, I'm not, I'm a little bit jaded, but like most short-term mission trips, especially, you know, in third world countries where we bring our modern medicines and, you know, money and those sort of things. And sure that that helps a lot of people in the short term, but usually after we leave, it causes, you know, gang wars and, you know, all that people fighting over everything, all the Americans or Australians or Britain, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. UK left Mm -hmm. because we didn't teach them how to use this stuff. We didn't, we didn't actually equip them to, yeah. be healthier or think differently. You know, yeah. um, there's an organization, I can't remember the name uh, right now. I think it was a documentary that I, that I watched, but um, they go to these people. So their goal is like to eradicate uh, like, uh, like um, diseases that we don't really have, you know, in modern civilization mm-hmm. due to sanitation issues. Um, yes. And so they would go to these, these places and dig like, you know, pit toilets that would last, you know, forever Um, But nobody would use them. They would go back and visit them in six months and there'd be like one poop in there, you know, whatever it is. And and they would still have all the disease and they would still have. I'm like, okay, so we thought the problem was they didn't have the equipment or the know-how to dig something like that. But really in their mind, like let's poop on our corn, like it's fine. Or let's poop on our, they didn't have a concept of this is the problem. This is why we're all sick and dying. And even when he tried to teach them, they still didn't like, yeah, it's whatever. It wasn't until he gave them an illustration that made sense to them 
to where they wanted to change their habits because now they recognized how it benefited their society and not just for them, but now their kids could live longer, which means their kids could, you know? Um, And I think I, I think I resonate you uh, resonate with you on on those terms where it's like, if we could just reach the thought leaders, the business owners, people that are doing really good things in today's day and age and give them to think just a little bit further, Mm -hmm. like not, how can you make a bunch of money from masks? Because that's something that's selling a bunch right now, but how can you turn this into something that's sustainable? Mm -hmm. Like what's the next thing that's going to support the next generation and the next person rather than just hoarding all the money from a fear-based, you know, Mm-hmm. campaign you know whatever it is um yeah so i love that i'm excited for for people to listen to this podcast i think they're going to get a ton of value and i'm excited for people to connect with you um if if they do you know want to know more or get your resources where can they go bessie so i have a podcast called both and with bessie okay. graham so the the idea there being rather than thinking you have to pick either or you can have both and so again mm-hmm. all of my work is about that bringing those ideas back together so okay. people can listen to the podcast um, otherwise, they can find me on Instagram, just Bessie Graham. I can share share the links. Mm-hmm. And BessieGraham.com is the website. But would really love to chat to people. And, again, it's that, that aspect of all of the pieces you just spoke about. We often just need to, as leaders and business owners, have that opportunity to, to be intentional and reflect on and really clear on what it is that's important to us, what we want to be part of in the world. Because when we just shift straight into action mode and, and, you know, jumping in there, Mm -hmm. the examples you gave are perfect. I've seen that over and over again in the last 20 years. Good intentions are not good enough. We actually need to be thinking about those unintended consequences, running scenarios, being strategic and taking responsibility for all of the decisions we have control over. And as leaders and business owners, we have, we do have control over many of those decisions that we're often not conscious of. And so that piece for me is where, um, like you said, when I look at a big system or a network, it's like, what are those very connected nodes in a system? And it is these established leaders that have visionary and, and want to make a difference. Um, and if I can help them have more impact in the world, for me, that is a worthwhile use of my time. I love it. You know, I was going to ask you, like, if uh, you had one parting comment, what would it be? And I think that summarizes everything that you would want to say. Um, yeah. It's amazing. I, I love this podcast. I'm excited for people to hear it. Like I said, I think it's going to um, turn on a lot of light bulbs. I think it's going to cause a lot of um, self uh, evaluation. You know, what what am yeah. I doing? Why am I doing it? And I think that's your goal. And that's what I'm discovering as I'm doing more and more these podcasts and getting connected to more and more of these thought leaders, I'm realizing the best leaders don't teach people how to do something. They ask people questions on why they're doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you should, leave, you should mm-hmm. leave from a call with more questions than you had answers. If you leave with answers, then you're leaving with somebody else's lifestyle. Exactly right. I couldn't agree it. more. I love yeah. it. Well, thanks so much, Bessie. I appreciate your time and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Healthy Perspective Podcast. To connect with Dr. Bowman, follow him on Instagram at Dr. Chris Bowman. Until next time, make shift happen.